You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Stephen Farber, who's a financial well-being benefits carrier at Legal Shield Business Solutions. Stephen, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, Garrett. Thank you so much for having me on. Super appreciate it. Well, we're super excited to have you here. We know we've been in contact with Stephen for a little while. We met, you know, ways back as we started working on our HR encyclopedia at Eddie, and then he's continued to join our HR Mavericks community. And we wanted to bring him on the show to talk a little bit more about what he does. So thank you for all your support. And we're excited to jump into this today. But before we do, tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and what your company does. Sure. Uh, Thanks, Garrett. Well, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent daydreaming about what it would be like to have the perfect job. Uh, That one that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, right? You know, puts a smile on your face every day and actually lets me enjoy myself at work. And in fact, I did an interview with uh, Jacqueline Martinez of Growth Day uh, about a couple of weeks ago, and she brought up a very interesting stat that about 70% of employees just want to enjoy what they do. So more on that later. But, you know, one by one, I tried out a lot of different careers. I had a grand plan of being a lawyer or a teacher, uh, even my fabled eight-year-old dream of being an astronaut like the rest of the eight-year-olds. But you know, all that time spent searching really left me feeling restless and, and just frustrated with myself for not being able to find something that just made my heart sing that right note. And um, it seemed like there was always something wrong. Either the pay wasn't good enough or I didn't get along with my coworkers or the culture was bad or the, I wasn't the right fit, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And no one ever said it would be easy. I just never thought I would be stuck in a rut that long. And, uh, you know, kind of like the old adage, uh, waiting on fate. One day, fate finally found me of sorts. And um, I started working for PPLSI or Legal Shield, as we do business as. And they offered me to make the opportunity, excuse me, they offered me the opportunity to make a difference in people's lives by solving uh, problems with things like affordable legal services and identity theft protection. And, um, you know, purpose is just a funny thing because when you try to find that, you know, that one soulmate out there, we often think that we have uh, that one job that fits us. And I think that's stressful to think about when really it's like my uh, connection Elizabeth Morgan said, and she does awesome content. Please check her out. She said, it's not about finding the perfect job. It's about uh, finding the job where you can be you. So not finding, it's not about finding the perfect job for you. It's about finding the job where you can be you. And um, that, is where you feel your perfect purpose. But, um, you know, as far as what I do, the demands of modern life can be pretty costly, especially when it comes to finances. And the average American family needing at least two incomes in order to make ends meet, many people just feel like they don't really stand a chance against things like financial stressors, such as a sudden expense or emergencies that could arise at any time without warning. So our company did a third party uh, we, we hired a company called Echo and we did a uh, third party research. And what we found is that employers are committed to improving things like financial wellness for their workforce. And employees have a significant interest in financial benefits like legal services and identity theft protection plans. And, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, you know, that's that's where these two programs that I onboard with Legal Shield come in because employees are financially stressed or unprepared. And when they're dealing with personal finances in the workplace, they lose that productivity and the company's bottom line is what suffers. Um, and 
With Legal Shield and ID Shield, employees are able to speak to an attorney on an unlimited number of personal legal issues. They can have their contracts reviewed, their documents drafted. One plan covers an entire family, including pre-existing issues. And with ID Shield, uh, you get your personal identifiable information monitored from all angles. If your identity is stolen, uh, we provide a full service uh, restoration program, including uh, your own private investigator, which I think is pretty cool, and a million dollar protection policy. And you know, all of this, by the way, is at no cost to the business. It could be brought on year round. We often encourage people not to wait until uh, open enrollment because these are things that solve problems that are happening now. So that is me and that is what I do. I love it. I think that's such such a smart idea for a business that I can see how valuable and rewarding that could be to help people who are struggling with some of those issues. So just to make sure I fully understand it, because I don't always fully follow. I'm a little bit slow here. So the company Legal Shield has a has a couple of different parts to it, but essentially you partner with businesses to in order to help their employees with legal services and identity protection. Is that correct? Yep, that is correct. And we do that primarily so they can have those issues handled, you know, outside of work while they continue to work so that they can stay focused at work. And it doesn't turn into um, a turnover that didn't even need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And I can see how valuable that could be. And I think it's a perfect precursor into our topic today. So, you know, with that background that you have at your company, as you and I discussed, what do we want to talk about on this podcast today? You kind of pose the idea of managing workplace stress and the impacts that that can have for businesses. If they can help manage workplace stress for employees, it can lead to better retention, acquisition, even productivity for employees. So I know that you've probably experienced that a lot, done some research in that space with the work that you've done with your company. So I want to tap into that knowledge today as we get into this topic. Does that sound all right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, to just kind of start us off, um, it seems like in the world today, stress is higher than ever. And so is employee turnover. So talk to us a little bit about why that is and what what the connection is there. So there's a variety of reasons why stress has increased these days. Uh, I think I can narrow it down to two primary um, causes, by the way. And we're not going to talk about the specifics. We all know the pandemic caused a lot of stress, still causes stress and everything else. But here are at the root of it, at the core of it. I think the first reason is change, uh, primarily forced change. Mm -hmm. The pandemic changed everything. No one was really spared from from any of these changes. And these changes have caused all kinds of stress related to my second reason, which is a loss of control. And this can be a lost job. This can be a business going under. A lot of businesses, a lot of people that I knew, good friends have had to shut their doors at the beginning of this, a loved one uh, passing away, a loved pet passing away, and financial and legal problems that happen with all of these, every um, consequence that happens as a result. And, you know, when I was going through a tragedy about four years ago, you know, I was just encouraged, just just come in, just focus on the job. That's what's going to help you just focus on the job. The problem is, is that's that that's not how that works. You can't just cut your problems off outside of work. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, a lot of people will say, don't bring your work home with you. I don't know how to do that either. I think you've got to learn to live with them both. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, is if you're having problems outside of work, they're they're coming into the workplace with you. 
I don't meet very many people that can compartmentalize well enough to legitimately become a different person while they're working and a different person while they're home. Most of us are the same person and, um, you know, stays with us all the time. And to deny that is to not really live in the reality with the rest of us. And now the connection you asked, you know, how does that connect to turnover? Well, when those problems come to work, focus breaks, productivity flops, safety issues arise, um, employees either blame the workforce for their, or they blame their employer or their job for their issues, or they're fired by the job because of their issues. It's kind of a lose-lose situation. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so it sounds like if I'm hearing you right, you know, we've all experienced this before. Stress can be created in the workplace, but it also can be brought in from the outside. Is that right? Yes, both. Yeah. And I I can see how that can impact day-to-day work, right? Even stress is brought in from the outside can can impact your day-to-day job. And also there can be stresses in your job that impact your work there also. So I know you actually have uh, brought today five powerful ways, some tips for getting back to a stress-free, productive culture where employees really want to work. And so I'd love to go through each of those five things. What are the five things that you think businesses can do to help create that stress-free, productive culture? Sure. And I'm going to come at this from, um, you know, from the area where I'm most, most educated in, and that's going to be uh, compensation and benefits. So, you know, reason number one is, is deciding on what you should focus on, whether it be compensation or benefits. Um, recently uh, wrote for um, Eddie about um, and the employment cost index. And I learned a lot while I was doing that. And one thing that I learned is that, you know, if you want to attract great talent, one of the easiest ways you can do that is just to pay more money. But that mm-hmm. is not always an option and it doesn't always necessarily work. So the other side of the ECI is making sure that your benefits package is um, competitive. And one of those advantages is um, using that data and figuring out exactly what can be done. Yeah. So, and step number two, or uh, point number two, I would say is, and all these piggyback off of each other is, mm-hmm. you know, the magic is in the benefits themselves. So a 2021 benefits trend survey found that about 69% of employers, uh, they plan to differentiate and customize their benefits program. Uh, 23% have already accomplished this. Now, unlike compensation, new benefits can add immediate value while being cost-effective at the same time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these benefits, including benefits like my own, they don't actually cost the company anything. So you, if you're struggling with paying someone enough, but you really want to keep talent, you can just bring on more benefits without having to look at the budget at all. Yeah. And that's that's kind of that magic of seeing where you sit and what you can do. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think what's really interesting about that, I know I, I talk about this, it seems like almost every episode, but it's just, uh, it's been so powerful for me is you think about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm. And that pyramid and you apply that to business and, and employees, right? And I think so often companies jump to the higher levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs through perks and benefits and ping pong tables and food and whatever it is, but they don't focus first on addressing the lower rung of that pyramid, which is really, you know, the physical needs of the person. It might be a safe work environment, but in this case, as we're talking about, it might be enough 
compensation or a complete compensation package, which might include benefits that can kind of offset compensation there to provide for the physical needs of the person. And if you don't address that first, that's not taken care of, then the other stuff that's higher up on the pyramid just doesn't matter. It doesn't work. So I, I again, I love you hearing you talk about this because I think that in my mind, it's, it's addressing the bottom rung of that uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid for, uh, for employees. Right. And you know, that segues directly into my third point, which is um, uh, asking the right questions. And my friend, Heather Skillman, who runs uh, Skillman Enterprises, she actually in her practice uh, helps employers formulate surveys that, and I don't know how she does it. I wish I could do it. My brain just kind of stops working when I try, but she, uh, she, she creates questions in such a way that employees will answer and give the employers the data that they need. And a good area that can be in is exactly like what you said in regards to the hierarchy is making sure that the needs that are needed are being met. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm all about like everyone doing business with Legal Shield, but if for some reason that's not a need, it wouldn't make sense to bring that on. Maybe, maybe your employees just want something. Here, here's, here's a great tip. Um, when you do poll your employees and you figure out what they need, the majority of employees over at another connection of mine, um, uh, Caleb, who I had on an interview, his employees just wanted more training. That's mm-hmm. That was almost completely free. He didn't have to go out of pocket for that. And it was legitimately something that the employees were having issues with is they just wanted more training on what to do. And that's free. So. Yeah. Yeah, pull, pulling the employees there. Um, you know, my fourth point is taking advantage of low compensation trends, and this goes back to the ECI, um, and it's changed a lot. And they come out with a new report quarterly, and you can find that. Um, I believe it's at a uh, believe it's at FC uh, Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics gov, and. What's really neat is if you see a trend that seems to be trending for a quarter where compensation is low, there's an there's an um, there's a potential for you as the employer to offer a higher compensation and immediately attract more than everyone else is doing at the moment. Same thing hmm. with benefits; you want to always try and edge out everyone else where you can because differentiation is uh, key right now. Does that uh, follow, Garrett? Yeah, I think it makes total sense. And I, and I love that tip because I think that's a really tangible tip that people can take, <laughs> excuse me, they can take and apply in their own businesses. So if they're watching that um, and they can see those trends changing, then go in the opposite direction of what those trends are and stand out as an employer in order to attract the right talent at that time. So I love that tip. I think it's very tangible. Right. And you know, it's, you hear that saying all the time, like, oh, you stick out like a sore thumb. You want to be the sore thumb right now. You want to differentiate yourself. That's what I love about um, your company. What I love about Eddie is they are different and it's no wonder that they're doing so good because people are attracted to different people don't like change, but if they make that decision for themselves, it's a totally different story. And I could get on a whole sales run with that, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep that for another time. Um, No, I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Final point is to keep in mind that value is always going to trump compensation Um, regardless of, and this, this may be something that um, people disagree with me on, but you cannot pay somebody enough money to take care of the problems that benefits take care of, unless you somehow are able to start paying someone $500 an hour at your entry level job, you're never going to cover things like health insurance. You're never going to cover things um, like uh, paying for a prescription would be or mental health or psychiatric help or legal or pet insurance or any of that. 
all those things are a value that are never going to um, be outdone by money. And the uh, resource that I found that I thought particularly supported this, and again, this was MetLife, they do all kinds of great studies. Um, they found that the average employee satisfaction is highest at companies that offer 11 or more benefits, having all those choices, all those benefits, even, you know, going back to the hierarchy, it's not necessarily a bad thing to offer as many options as you can, but you never want to assume that those options are going to fit. But if you can offer them all, do it because people love companies that can take care of them in every way, shape and form. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the biggest takeaways in just hearing you talk through all of these tips for me is just the fact of, or the reminder of thinking more holistically about right. um, everything that you're able to offer your employees. It's not always just about compensation. It's that mm -hmm. complete benefits package with compensation. And you, there's ways to get creative and to be competitive there and to stand out and to be different in order to attract and retain the best employees and help them be productive and alleviate, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, alleviate a lot of that stress that they might have in their, in their home lives or that they might experience in their work lives through that complete package and thinking more holistically about it. Right. Correct. Awesome. Well, Stephen, this has been awesome. Such, such great tips. I think you've shared today. So thank you for joining us. And it's been very thought provoking. I think there's a lot of things that people can take back and apply in their own businesses. As we, as we start to wrap up here a little bit today, there's a question I always like to ask every one of our guests that's unrelated to our topic. And it really ties back into part of our mission at Eddie, you know, at Eddie, we focus on helping local businesses build healthy, enduring companies really by focusing on their people. So I'm curious, in your opinion, what is the key to building a healthy, enduring company today? Well, and that's a, there's a lot to unpack with that. Um, and we don't, we definitely don't have time for that. I think there's probably a couple of keys that you got to turn. Um, and I, but I love, I love, um, I love the way that Eddie puts that. What is the key to building healthy, enduring companies? What's a, what kind of company can endure through a pandemic can endure through any tragedy. And again, I'm just going to speak from my area of expertise. And I'm going to say the truth is, you know, similar to most people who have clients who do you know, every business sales, something similar to those clients, your own employees are going to have pain points. If they're not properly addressed, productivity, morale, it's all going to plummet. But fortunately, something as simple as just strengthening your current benefits package can drastically improve workplace culture, ramp up productivity past benchmarks, and you can take advantage of voluntary benefits that are employee paid, that employees want to pay for, and literally have uh, instant value at no cost to you. That is a key that I would say everybody needs to turn all day long because it costs you nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And I think that's such an important tip there at the end that there's so much more value you could provide just by doing the research and setting it up for your employees. It doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be a cost to you. So I love it. I think that's such a great tip. So uh, Stephen, if there are listeners that want to get in contact with you or your company and learn more about what you do, or if they have follow-up questions for you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Sure. Um, there's a couple of ways and um, they're going to be, you know, in this uh, description here. So, um, but the first way is to just message me here on LinkedIn. I do have an open profile. Um, you're not going to have to use a, a credit or anything like that at all. Just shoot me a message or a connection request. 
um, we can we can chat on there. You can also reach me at Stephen at heroculture.us. That is my website. And of course, or my website, that's my email. I don't have a website at this time. Um, LinkedIn is my website. And mm-hmm. you can also call me at 719-406-0960. That's uh, 719-406-0960. And uh, I'm a little different than most, um, most carrier reps. I don't do any cold calling. I don't um, want to push anything on anybody. You know, even if we don't decide to do business together, I'm sure that the insights and actionable steps I can share with you would be valuable. So uh, give me a call, jump on my calendar. Let's just chat. Thank you so much, Stephen. So we will drop all those specifics in the show notes, like Stephen said, so you don't have to worry about hurrying to write those down if you're if you're listening. So feel free to take a look at the, the show notes, the description there, if you want to contact Stephen. And I encourage you to, to tap in his, to his expertise if you um, have a need for his services. So Stephen, thank you again so much for taking the time to join our podcast today and share your insights with us. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Hey, thanks, Garrett. You too. Thank you for having me on. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.